0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Show us some dexterity
1: as
0: well. Okay, he oh, he yeah, here we are. <laughs> Every night, man, it's something. I mean, it's <sighs> they take a lot out of me. Even when I try my best to not be too um, emotional, it's like this team just finds a way what's happening everybody I'm your host RJ Carbone episode 330 of the podcast tonight welcome to BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis and we also do MMA now too Yankees every series Knicks every game MMA on the weekends now if you have not yet I advise you to go check out our most recent episode before this one, episode 329, MMA Saturday UFC 272 preview with Ant and Leo. Check that one out, episode 329. It was great. Um, Ant, Leo, and I discussed in two different conversations um, the upcoming Kobe Covington. Jorge Masvidal welterweight main event, which will take place on on um, next weekend on Saturday, and that's going to be something that we're all ready for, man. The entire MMA community has been waiting for this fight for years now, and it kind of crept up. It not only did this fight creep up on us, but like the the those two fighting each other, it came out of nowhere. I feel like, you know. I didn't expect it to. So we discussed the preview. We, we preview it. And we discussed our predictions. And what we think will happen during the fight. After the fight. And you know. Stuff like that. So please. Go check that out. Anthony and I. Previewing it. Leo and I. Previewing it in a segment after that. Now there were some technical difficulties. So I do apologize for that. But if you are. um, So. So. For for the conversation with Anthony and I, which was the first segment of the show, I was using the wrong microphone. I forgot to plug this mic in, and I was using the computer's mic. So it sounds a little low quality, but you can hear it. It's good. It's fine. And then for the interview with Leo, for the conversation, whatever you want to call it, with Leo, I... um the video got really choppy because for some reason I guess it's because I'm using like not technically using a laptop I'm using a Surface Pro which is like a tablet with a keyboard on it so maybe it doesn't have the the engine and when I start recording past when I go a little too far over an hour like if I start getting up to the an hour and five minute mark it starts to lag on me and the FPS rate drops significantly So I had to make the conversation with Leo and I audio only. Now, obviously, this does not matter if you're already listening to the podcast as opposed to watching it. But if you do plan on watching the podcast from here on out, you can do that on YouTube. You can watch BD4 on YouTube and subscribe to us there. Coming up on 100 subscribers soon. That's not shit, but it's something, man. It's better than nothing. And um, if you want to listen to the podcast, be sure to do that, too. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, Stitcher, Google Podcasts and many other listening platforms. If you want to subscribe or I'm sorry to follow me on social media. I'm at RJ Carbon on Facebook. I'm at Rob J Carbon on Instagram. If you want to keep up with my Yankees and Knicks content in the blog that I write, then be sure to follow my blog. How do you get there, you ask? Go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and search in the search bar the Bomberbacher blog. I recap most of the Knicks games, and we're going to be doing the same thing come baseball season, when/slash if that ever freaking happens. Because that thing's been a mess. Jesus, man. I mean, it's such a shame, man, because this is usually the time of year I get so excited. I start writing you know preview articles and doing preview episodes and talking about stats, projections and where the Yankees are going to land in the standings and I get into it again, right? You talk yourself into it even if you you don't think this team's going to go anywhere, which I don't. I still find ways to get excited because it's baseball. The good weather's coming back, you're outside, you're going to games again. I've developed so many memories going to Yankee Stadium over the years. And now it's like, oh, shit, that might not happen. And especially on top of that, you know, these last couple of years not being able to go to many games because of COVID and the vaccine shit. And you got to have this. You got to have that. So I was finally excited to see. To, you know, I was planning on going to some games this year. And now it's like, shit, if they don't come to an agreement by tomorrow, the 28th. And that's as you're listening to this tomorrow, is today, the 28th, then the season is going to be pushed back. They're going to start canceling games. It's a whole mess. And I don't care who you're siding with. The players, the owners, whatever. I just want baseball. I haven't even paid attention to the actual details of this whole CBA thing. Let's head to our first break. When we get back, we'll talk about what we are supposed to talk about. In the wonderful, amazing New York Knicks. Never to disappoint. Be right back. that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Should we get to it? Let's get to it. So the Knicks continue. Um, they continue to disappoint. Let, let's be ble- uh, blunt here. And um, yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> something every night, you know. But it's usually the same something every night. Um, tonight they lost, or today, this afternoon at the Garden, they lost um, one twenty-five to one o nine to Philadelphia, who they also play on Wednesday. I said that very odd. Who they also play on Wednesday. Um, That's the start of their, I think it's an eight-game road trip. And there's three more national televised games, too, coming up. So that was nice. So they lose 125. That will be nice. (laughs) 125-109. It was a close game for the majority of this thing until, like, the last half of the fourth quarter. That's when the Sixers really started to turn it up. And they went on this 19-4 to run to conclude the game. <clears throat> the Knicks, just the same old problems. Late game execution. Turnovers, missed free throws, lack of a point guard, the rotation issues. And, you know, all game long you had James Harden, Joel Embiid absolutely torching us. Or them. I'm trying to do better when it comes to talking about the Knicks. I I always go back and forth and flip flop between saying we and saying them, and that really that that's always bothered me. I just never. It's hard to fix. I I want to be one of the people. I don't really care if I say we or they. I just want to be consistent. But I, I and even like it's it's a problem when I write articles. Sometimes I'll say we. And then I'll say they in the next paragraph. It's, I gotta keep that consistency. But you had Harden and Embiid absolutely torching the Knicks. Harden finishes this one with 29 points. Uh, I think he's gonna start scoring 30 more consistently now. He gets 29 more points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists, five steals. Joel Embiid, 37 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, four blocked shots. And he took 27 free throws. He took 27 free throws. I mean, the officials just... Tiki-tack shit. And that was it. The Knicks lose. They they are now... So they've lost two in a row since the break ended. Five in a row overall and, and 12 of their last 14 have resulted in losses. And somehow there are individuals out there who still want to go for this playing seed. But I'm, you know, as soon as this game ended I'm so annoyed but somehow not surprised because I'm looking at that closing lineup and, and I'm looking at that as being the turning point of this game. I don't know how Tibbs does it. But he manages to find a way to do it. Every single night now. I mean with six minutes to go in this ball game. Let me make sure my volume and audio is all good. Because I'm going to say some shit here. Yeah we're good. With six minutes to go in this game. You have the Knicks up one point. I think they were up 106-105 with about six minutes to play. And we're going small ball because remember, Jericho Sims had fouled out. Mitchell Robinson had fouled out prior. And it's working really well. You had IQ in there at the point, RJ and Cam on the wings, and Obi and Julius up front. Suddenly... During this really good stretch of basketball, playing some good hoops, Tibbs checks out both Cam Reddish and Obi Toppin for Alec Burks and Evan Fournier. Now, now, the Fournier thing, whatever. He had 24 points. He shot the ball well, 9 for 16, 6 of 11. Okay. But Burks, he hadn't given the Knicks anything all afternoon. He was two for six from the floor. He was one for four from three in particular. He had zero assists as the starting point guard again. And he was just getting completely torched by Tyrese Maxey on the defensive side of the floor. Tyrese had, I think he finished with 21 points. And hey, man, is that good, good? And the Knicks wanted him too, to. Instead, we get IQ. And he placed, and Burks placed 34 minutes to close out the game. He finishes with 34 minutes. I mean, you look at the top of the quarter. Obi starts this 7-2 run we go on with a dunk. Cam caps off that that run with a nice assist to RJ. But playing well, Tibbs takes them out. The Sixers go on their run, and they win the game. And also, if anything... During that 76ers run... As good as quickly was today... And he was good... 21-5... and Broke out of that slump... He did miss his last four shots... And that's because the kid was in there... From the 5 minute and 30 second mark in the third quarter... All the way to the end of the game... So he played like... What that's like the final 18 minutes... Or 17 minutes and change... It was a perfect opportunity... For us to throw Deuce McBride in there, and you know what's so crazy about about you know this kid never getting any minutes? The crazy shit is, he's he's refusing to play this kid. But this was a Tibbs pick. This was a this was a kid who was handpicked by Thibodeau in in the draft. Deuce, we're talking. I mean, it was a golden chance for it. You had this small ball lineup in there. Obi in there needing a point guard to, you know, in order to score off of those baseline cuts he loves so much. But Burks checks in. He's the guy who checks in. Thibodeau's got Burks. At some point, we gotta try something different. Got to. I'm just so tired of it, and I want to discuss a little bit more about it when we get back. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify, you can find us on our sponsor Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well wherever you get your podcast. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, or a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Alright, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So, once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. So, uh, let's, let's talk about some of this. Um... We, we got to try something different eventually at point guard. Because like I said, the lack of continuity is absolutely dreadful. We had 18 more turnovers today. That's now 36 in two games since the break ended. And today, 18 against Philly, who leads the NBA in steals. They scored 22 points off of that. The Knicks also giving away possessions at the free throw line. 63% today on 35 attempts. Philly goes 89% on 44 attempts. RJ and Randall, it's getting pathetic with them at the foul line. RJ has got to figure this shit out because it's pretty embarrassing. And something as simple as hitting your, your free throws, I mean, say it slowly, free throws, it is holding him back from becoming a 25 points per game guy. It's every year, it's the same few things that need work and more consistency with RJ. You know, it's the free throw shooting, the mid-range shooting, and that offhand when he goes to the cup. And he said he worked on it. He stayed in the gym after last night, or the game the other night, and I think they were saying on the telecast that he was shooting 200 free throws. Gotta start seeing it. Because, you know, he was 60-something percent as a rookie. Then he shot a career-high 74% last season. Now he's back down into the 60% range this season again. I think it's 68 or something. And it's it's a shame because this is a kid who really gets to the cup a lot. Gets to the line a lot. But, yeah, the more important matter right now to me... We have to stop losing games because of coaching. It's not all coaching, but it's it's definitely playing a role. You know, if you sit here and you watch these Knicks games night after night, all right, and you, you're actually one true diehard fan, you can't argue against that. And you know, I have a thing. I have a thing that I do now. Whenever, so, so I know this is so I don't waste my time because I'm done wasting my time. So I before I interact with anybody in my actual life and try talking Knicks basketball with them, I, I ask them three questions. It's like on The Walking Dead when Rick asked the, the three questions. I ask them three questions. Um, the first one being, how many Knicks games have you watched this year from the first quarter to the fourth? The second question, are you being honest with me? And the third question, I ask them to name the entire starting five and at least two players off the bench. That to me gives me enough information to tell me that you at least somewhat pay attention. Otherwise, I can't I can't have anything to do with you when it comes to the Knicks. Because I'm tired of people telling me it's it's not the coach, it's not this, it's not that, and then them being. Individuals who really don't pay attention to the Knicks. Because why would you if you're not an actual Knicks fan? But back to to, to what matters. We have to stop losing because of Tibbs' rotation. it's It's the same shit. It should not happen continuously at this point in the season. How do you not fix that at this point? It's unheard of. And it's a really bad look for a coach who I've tried so hard to give a legitimate chance to. And I still am but it always ends up to be centered around coaching a lot of the time. And, and, it's, and it's back to the same thing in the end of the games. We always end up centering the playbook around Julius Randle, no matter what, right? I mean, RJ had another strong game today. He's on the ball, running offense all afternoon. But yet again, down the stretch, we're out here running ISO sets for Randall, who was one for seven in the entire second half and had zero points in the fourth quarter but got nine minutes despite that. And yeah, he was rebounding and assisting, so, so good for him there. Ten boards, seven times. But he was bad everywhere else. He was bad. He was bad down the stretch. He was terrible defensively, getting beat backdoor multiple times by Matisse Theibel, not to mention the crucial turnovers, the the, the the BS jump pass, which seems to be this year's version of the 2019 spin into the post turnover. And then, you know, when he gets blocked at the rim or when he misses a layup, instead of hustling back, he's still continuing to put his hands up and talk to the officials. And on the other end, when he misses a defensive assignment, most recently today, it's it's quickly who gets the pointed fingers at him. And yet, Randall still gets to do what he wants. He's never held accountable. He stays in the game. Tibbs never pulls him aside to talk to him. The other day, Randall had demanded Tibbs kept him in the game. Tibbs is out there screaming on the Lord's Day today, Jesus Christ, F this, F that, at his other guys. But he never, never holds Randall accountable. I... And if he did it change a lot you know it would it would change our offense. I just wish we had some kind of an offense outside of him. So maybe we need to get an offensive, you know, assistant coach in here, like an offensive coordinator, at the very least get Tom Thibodeau somebody who can draw up plays for this New York offense. Because we are either completely pounding the air out of the basketball in iso, launching unnecessary threes, or, you know, at the times where we do run some great actions, it's never enough. Like, like, why not more of that R.J., O.B. pick and roll that we saw at the end of the first quarter? Tibbs had them in that slob set, out of bounds together. Today, we rarely saw the pick and roll. But while we run through R.J., why not do some more of it? Why not do some more 3-4 pick and roll with R.J. and O.B. or R.J. Barrett and Julius? Or even a little 2-3 pick and roll with RJ and Cam. You know, he's always running actions out of the pistol set with Mitch, so I like that, but I just feel like Tibbs should be more innovative and try running actions for guys besides Fournier and Randall all the time. It's so frustrating to see, but at least you have that RJ continues to be great, right? That's the positive. He's he's scoring 20-plus on a nightly basis now. We keep running through him, and and it's working, um, at least for him. And, and the team seems to compete more. You know, we need to keep doing it. He continues to have that downhill attack and transition. It's a great approach. It's so much better seeing RJ with the on-ball duties than Randall. You know, the Knicks play so, like I said, they play so much more competitive when you have him in that role. I mean, if you're going to run, you know, If you're not going to run McBride out there at point guard, you might as well have RJ be that stopgap point to conclude the season with Rose out, Kemba done, and, and, and Deuce not getting any run. You might as well just give it to RJ. He's been great. His facilitating, his decision making on the fly has been great. Doris keeps mentioning that in the telecast. He's making very smart reads at the rim. That's why he's finishing better lately. Today he scores twenty four more points, gets to the line ten more times. I loved what I saw from him, and I loved what I saw from a couple other of the, the young players. I liked what I saw from Sims once again, getting some big minutes. I know he didn't score a point, but he added ten rebounds on the first half. He had a couple of assists in there. He had a steal and a block in nineteen minutes. He competed today against you know the front runner in the MVP conversation on national TV. Embiid's going to bully anybody he goes up against. But this is a young kid and he really showed some effort, Sims. And I really liked that one sequence where he blocks Embiid's shot and then on the next, the very next defensive possession you have him um, he denies Embiid the ball in the post. I think it was Harris attempting to throw that entry pass. So he's showing a lot. He's got that leap, that athleticism. He's going to be a good rebounder someday, at the very least. I think he still needs a lot of work. You know, the positioning, like I said, he's not always in the right spot. Boxing out and his awareness needs to improve, but I like what I say. And offensively, we'll say, You know, he's a bit tentative right now, but I think once he's a finished product and a little more polished, maybe he can become like a, a backup version of a, of a Jared Allen in Cleveland. You know, I think he could be a credible backup big. I also like what I saw from Quickly. Like I said, it was nice to see him break out. 21 more points. The three ball looked well. He drew that one whistle off those double screens at the top early on, which you could tell was vintage Quickly. And he was doing a nice job getting to the line and getting into the paint. He had some buckets today where he created for himself, but also had some buckets where he scored off ball, and I like that better. You know, at least twice today I saw he did a nice job scoring without the ball. Um, RJ hit him up once, and then Randall kicked it out when he was spotting up on the perimeter a little later on. I thought Cam looked pretty good. He was 3 for 6, scored 6 points, 3 boards, 2 assists. He was pulling up with a smooth-looking jumper on the baseline. He, guy who can get to the rim on 2 dribbles from the nail. Transition scoring. He and RJ displaying some chemistry on the break some more. He had an excellent feed to Obi when both of them were slashing to the hoop on opposite baselines. But then he's pulled from the game. Boom. Just like that. Limited playing time. 17 minutes. You're done. Excluded from the closing lineup once again. When we needed athleticism, we needed defense, we needed rebounding our most. This kid is versatile. He's got all that. you got to utilize his skill set. So... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's my same thoughts every night. Sorry for being repetitive. But, you know, until it changes, I'm going to have the same opinion. And I just think in the summer, the front office is going to have to to sit down with Tibbs and clearly think about which direction they want to go in. And I mean that in a few ways. I mean head coaching direction. uh, I mean the direction of of are we going to win or rebuild. And the direction of who's going to be leading you on the court. As for the head coach, if you're going to try and rebuild and play all your prospects, it's probably best to to get a new guy up there at the helm. Somebody who fits that rebuild, not necessarily trying to win mold. Or at the very least, if you're going to keep Tibbs around, you have to. And this is a must. You have to bring him a new offensive coordinator. And get them as little veterans as possible to play in the offseason. And the very few that you do acquire need to be good vets. And I don't think you can really go the other route and try to win. You can't star chase. Not with this team right now. There's no you know, no big fish wants to come to this team right now. So you're not going to get it in free agency. And if you make that big trade, that's going to be completely counterproductive. You're going to be gutting your only talented assets on this roster. Plus, you will probably have to lose some draft capital. <laughs> and then, yeah, figure it out. Who's going to be your number one on the court? Is it going to be Julius? Is it going to be RJ? If it is Julius, then then you got to get a point guard at the very, very least. Brunson, Malcolm Brogdon, I don't care. Get a point guard. We're not watching point forward. Not with Julius. And if it's RJ, who's going to be the number one option? Then please still get a point guard. But you have to start thinking, does Randall buy into it? Because it's not often when these two play well together. I mean, the last two nights are a perfect example. RJ scores t- uh, 46 points, Randall 11. RJ scores 24 points, Randall 16. Randall's shooting 21% on these last two nights. One for eight from three. And it's taken this guy all season long to adjust to this new roster and find chemistry. Meanwhile, you're looking at Harden. It takes him two days to... To get comfortable over there with Embiid. Not even. And I know that's hard and this is Randall, but but all season, you don't need all season if you're you're being paid one hundred twenty million dollars. No. And if they're both here, which is likely maybe you know, I was feeling really optimistic that they were gonna move Randall um around the deadline. That didn't happen. I'm still hopeful. They'll move him in the summer. But if they are still here, you got to find a way to stagger them as much as possible. You know, Actually, in the first half today, Tibbs was staggering. But he went, away for it. he went away from that, of course, later. But have RJ run with that second unit. Keep him going on the break. Have Randall take a step back in the offense and force him into this role-player role. He's got to settle in. And when they're on the floor together, try to make them work together, right? Don't just have one stand around while the other does something. I mean, I say, like I said, run that 3-4 pick-and-roll more. Randall is a big body. He's a damn good screener and a damn good roll man when he wants to. RJ is excellent at utilizing the screen. We've seen that all the time. Like I said, we see that shit in the pistol action so often. So, that's it, man. That's <laughs> we got to figure out where we're going here. Which direction are we going? Figure that out. Are we going to get this point guard? Get that done. There's going to be no perfect point guard. you got to get that one, one of those kits. I, I don't care at this point. Get some stability at that spot. That's it. That's it. That's all I've got. We're going to head to a final break. Get to the NYY NYK MMA question of the day. And we will wrap it up from there. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on, on UltimateSportsNetworks.com, titled The Bomber Focker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code, 6 a two eight four one erjc Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bokker blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, 7 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices.
1: You can, you can select, select a size of 26, of 26 by 36 inches, inches,
0: 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10, 10 business days, and, and the price, price ranges from twenty-four ninety-nine to sixty-nine ninety-nine, all, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bokker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber-Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC.
1: Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com
0: and click on the Shop MVP tab. Searching for the Bomber-Bocker blog. And and there you have, you have it. All right, so tonight for episode 330, our NYYNYK question of the day. I want you to name the two teams Patrick Ewing played for when he left the Knicks after 15 seasons. Alright, so once again, I want you to name the two teams Patrick Ewing played for when he left the Knicks after 15 seasons. What were those teams? Give me the city name. Give me the team name. It don't matter. If you want to attempt to answer this question facebook instagram in the comment section once i publish the excerpt videos from this episode um, clips or you can comment the answer on youtube if you'd like wherever you can comment or get get in touch with me you know if you attempt to guess the answer i will let you know what the answer is in the next in the next episode and if you attempt to guess the answer and you get it correct I will not only let you know the answer in the next episode, but I'll give your handle a shout-out on social media. So let me know the answer on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can get in touch with me. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening or maybe watching episode 330 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now too. And again, guys, if you have not checked out episode 329, be sure to check that one out. Great episode. My my cousin Anthony and my neighbor Leo, we discuss the upcoming UFC 272 main event that's coming up this Saturday between Kobe and Jorge. And boy, is it going to be nuts. I am super excited for this. Fight week tomorrow. As you're listening to this, it's the start of fight week. So as I'm recording, it is a uh, it's Sunday night, February 27th. As you are listening to this, it should be February 28th, a Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That's all I've got for this one. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the the best best way way to make a podcast. Podcast.
1: Download the Anchor app or go to (laughs)
0: anchor.fm.